Hey everyone, welcome to the Growing Intuitive Eaters podcast. In this episode, we'll begin going through the Growing Intuitive Eaters 101 course, aka GIE 101. Growing Intuitive Eaters 101 is one of my signature courses that I created to help teach parents how to help their kids have healthy relationships with food. Growing Intuitive Eaters 101 is a full and complete course for parents, and it is 100% free because I believe that this information is so important. I want to get this info into the hands of as many parents as possible. This course is geared towards kids ages one to 10, but the underlying concepts are helpful for all kids and adults too. So if you have tweens and teens, this course will still be useful. This course was originally developed as a video course and shared to YouTube, but I wanted to share the audio version here on podcast two to make it accessible to anyone who prefers podcasts as their means of learning. Because it was originally developed on YouTube, you'll sometimes hear me say things like in this video. Because this is a course, there is more content beyond just the audio shared here on the podcast. Each module comes with a key point summary, homework, relevant links, citations, and downloads in some cases. Because podcast show notes have character limits, I'm gonna link each YouTube module in the show notes where you can find all of this relevant info in each video caption. This first episode of Growing Intuitive Eaters 101 on the podcast includes the first three modules of the course. The course introduction, an introduction to intuitive eating, and an introduction to responsive feeding. So let's get started. We're gonna start this video with an introduction to me We're going to chat about the course and my mission at Growing Intuitive Eaters, and then we're going to dive into the details of this course, which I'm assuming you need because you're here watching the intro video, so you're probably taking the course. So I am on a mission to join parents in teaching kids to have healthy relationships with food, to ditch the sweets obsession, and to avoid passing on any unhealthy or disordered eating habits from our generation to our kids. And I believe that every parent deserves to have access to this information because it is so important and it can be life-changing and we just can't afford to not have parents knowing this info. So I decided to make my Growing Intuitive Eaters 101 course completely free. This course will give you the details of how to help your kids have a healthy relationship with food. It's a fully comprehensive course it's free, and I am so excited that you're here ready to start the course with me. So there's already a few courses out there for helping kids have a healthy relationship with food, for preventing or reversing picky eating, and for starting solids with your baby, and now there's a free option for all of these, and none of these other courses are made by yours truly. Now, Growing Intuitive Eaters 101 is the first of three and full, three full and free courses that I'm launching in early 2022. And I'm sure there's gonna be more to come too. Now the second course that I'm launching after Growing Intuitive Eaters 101 is called Variety 101, where we're gonna talk about helping your kids get more variety, even if you don't consider your kid picky. And we're also gonna talk about preventing and reversing picky eating if you do consider your kid picky. Now the third course is called Feeding 101, and this is where we're gonna talk about how to introduce food to your baby, whether you wanna use purees, traditional baby-led weaning, or a mixture of both. So each course is taught using a health at every size perspective and a responsive feeding approach. And the approaches that I teach are all backed by science or clinical experience, and I do throw a lot of mom pearls of wisdom in there too. 
Um, and I will mention when there's no research on a specific topic, because my goal with these courses is not to tell you what to do. It's to empower you with evidence-based information so you can make the best decision for your families, because after all, you are the one who knows your kid better than anybody else. Now, these courses are an experiment because lots of business coaches say, to charge for your courses. They say that people won't commit to completing the course because then parents, you, whoever's taking the course, won't feel invested if you don't pay for it. But I think that's BS. I believe parents are invested in helping to raise their kids to have a healthy relationship with food because they love their kids, not because they have to pay for something to teach them how to do that. So here we go. Growing Intuitive Eaters 101, the first of its kind free course for parents about raising intuitive eaters who love and nourish their bodies. So in the rest of this video, I'm gonna give you a quick overview of Growing Intuitive Eaters 101, show you what each video module looks like, give you a tour of where you can find everything you need for the course, and give you some of my tips and tricks for getting the most out of this course. Now this course, Growing Intuitive Eaters 101, is process-based, meaning it's intended for you to go through the course step-by-step step and in order. There will be homework with most videos, not all of them, but most, which is usually just for implementing the topics or action items we discussed in the video. If you wanna see results, it's really important that you at least start working on these tasks before moving on to the next video. I promise the homework isn't crazy. I keep it simple and offer lots of different modifications uh, for different family types and different family schedules. Now, one example of a homework item in this course might be talk to a family member about XYZ, the topic of the course. So the homework is all helpful, simple, and fluff-free because nobody likes busy work. I don't do that in this course. Here's what each video module will look like. Um, it's gonna have the video and the caption. They're all housed in YouTube because I wanted a platform that most people knew how to use, had access to, maybe even had the app on their phone already. Um, but the caption is so important for each video. So don't skip the YouTube caption. It has key point summary from each video, homework, citations, extra resources, and other helpful links. So even for this video, make sure you scroll down once the video is over, or maybe even while you're listening to me talk, and look at the caption because it is important. It has helpful info for you. Don't skip that part. Here is how you could use the course and not get the most out of it. You could just watch the videos you think you need, but not all of them and not in order. And this is not my recommendation because you might be missing out on some really essential steps and information that you might not even know that you need. Um, but you know, the truth, the fact of the matter is only you know your unique situation. I don't know that. And so this could be the best for you, but this is not gonna be the best approach for most people taking the course. You could watch all the videos at once. Um, while you will be getting all the content this way, there's no way you're gonna be able to build on progress from each video before moving on to the next one. So you're probably not gonna see great results doing it this way. You could watch each video and not do the homework, but this course is not gonna help you if you don't implement what you learn. So you'll probably get really bad results if you do it that way. Now here is how I recommend you use the course to get a lot out of it. I was gonna say get your money's worth, but that would just be a euphemism here. So here's how to get the most out of the course. Watch each video, do the homework, then watch the next video and come back to specific videos when and if 
you need a refresher. Come back to them as many times as you need. So while there are some downloads in the course captions, PDF guides like more PDF guides are coming, but there are downloads already in the course captions. So stay tuned because they'll, release, they'll be released after the video content is released. They're still a work in progress. So make sure you get on the email list, which I'll talk about at the bottom of their, or at the end of this video, because that's where I will be announcing that the PDF guides are ready to go. So that's it, pretty straightforward. Now I do have a few asks of you. There are some ways that you can support me in my mission to reach as many parents as possible, to give as many parents as possible this free and life-changing information that every parent deserves to have access to. So here's how you can help with that. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's where you're watching this video. You can follow along on Instagram and TikTok. My Instagram handle is at growing.intuitive.eaters. And my TikTok handle is at drdr.taylorarnold, my name. Um, make sure, please, this is so important, please complete the email list, sign up, and pre-course survey. The link is below. I want to get you on the email list so that I can send you updates when things change with the course or new content is added because this is a fluid course. I will be adding new content as I see a need for it. And I also have the pre-course survey, which will help me measure outcomes of the course. So that's really helpful to me. So please take that if you have a moment. I will be on my email list, be sending out updates, resources, and additional content. So if you wanna get the most out of this course, for sure, hop on there. I promise you I won't spam you with an obnoxious amount of emails because I hate that. And I wouldn't do that to you if I don't want anybody to do it to me. And then at the end of the course, complete the post-course survey. Once you're done, all the answers are gonna be anonymous, but it's gonna allow me to compare like how comfortable you feel with the topics before versus after the course. Now the course survey, the post-course survey is also the place for you to share your feedback. Next, I would really appreciate it and love it if you could share with your friends, with your family, with your favorite brands, with your favorite influencers, Anyone who you think can either benefit from this material, help us spread the word about this free resource and the importance of raising kids who love and nourish their body, or share with someone who could financially support the mission of growing intuitive eaters through brand partnerships. And if you wanna support me financially, you can do so at my coffee page. The link for that is towards the bottom of the caption. And last, but certainly not least, I want you to know that I am so glad that you're here. I am honored to be a part of your family's nutrition journey, and I'm so excited to join you in raising the next generation of kids to be intuitive eaters who love, nourish, and appreciate their bodies. See you in the next video, the first content video of the course. Yay! So this video is an introduction to a, the very important concept of intuitive eating. So I'm gonna go over what it is, why it's important, and how it applies to kids. This is the first of two videos here introducing a very important term that we're gonna be, that will be used throughout the course. This video is also mostly informational, but it's very important to understand this concept before we move on to some activities that you're actually going to try right away with your kids. So what is intuitive eating? 
Well, I'd be remiss to discuss intuitive eating without paying tribute to the two registered dietitians who authored the book on intuitive eating, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. So I'm going to put up a picture of the book right here. So intuitive eating is, it's really like a mindset. It's not a diet. It's not like a lifestyle choice, but it's a mindset. It's a way that you approach food in your body. So the basic premise is, well, there's a couple actually, the recognition, the recognition that any body can be healthy regardless of the size. So size is not indicative of someone's health for both adults and for children. Um, the rejection of the diet culture mentality allowing oneself freedom to eat all foods and freedom from rules and restriction, like these arbitrary rules and restriction around food that either society sets or we may have set for ourselves. The ability to listen and really actually get in tune with your body's needs regarding hunger, fullness, emotions around food, and also the need for movement and physical activity. So intuitive eating also encompasses the understanding of different types of food and movement and how those make you feel either physically, mentally, or emotionally, how food and movement nourishes your body and the ability to take this into account when you're making your decisions around eating or movement. So there's kind of like this misconception about intuitive eating in some places online that it's just an eat anything you want diet or it's like ignoring the science of nutrition and it's not. Intuitive eating does take that into account. So intuitive eating isn't a weight loss diet. Um, some might lose weight, um, typically not kids, but if you're an adult and you implement intuitive eating, you may lose weight. Um, you may also gain weight, um, but it, intuitive eating at its core is inherently at, the, at odds with intentional weight loss. Intuitive eating is not just a hunger fullness diet, eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. Um, while eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full all happens with intuitive eaters, there's many more factors that come into play when one is making a decision of whether to eat and what to eat. Intuitive eating is not just eating whatever you want, whenever you want. And intuitive eating does not ignore nutrition and the nutritive value of food. So that's still really, really important when we're making decisions, especially as parents, on what to feed our kids. So how does intuitive eating apply to kids? Well, we are all born with the ability to eat intuitively. So if anybody says, I'm gonna help you help your baby become an intuitive eater, like red flags should go up there because all infants are born with the ability to eat intuitively, unless there's some sort of like medical things going on. A baby at the breast or at the bottle tells us when they wanna eat. They have lots of different cues, not just crying. They tell us when they wanna stop eating. They know what makes them comfortable while they're eating or uncomfortable while they're eating. And in theory, this ability to listen to our bodies would continue forever were it not for our social, cultural, or environmental influences that it disrupt this ability to eat intuitively that our youngest little tiny humans have. So these influences that affect our eating ability, they're not all bad. They just are, they just exist. So some influences that are not so great on our child's eating habits are a result of diet culture. So the pervasive idea that everyone needs to be thin or skinny or look this certain way to be healthy, that all bodies should look the same. This obviously is not true. 
Um, some influences on eating habits for our kids that disrupt the ability to eat intuitively are the result of family habits. So for example, like the one bite rule or the clean plate club or like the grandma effect, you know, like eat more, you're so skinny. Some influences on our kids' eating habits are the result of peer pressure. So when they start to interact with friends a lot more, like everyone else is eating a certain food at the birthday party, so maybe your kid's gonna eat that too. So inevitably our kids start to listen to these outside influences more and more as they understand more and sometimes they listen to their bodies less and less. So the kiddos who are exposed to diet culture frequently in their own homes are very much at risk for straying away from their innate intuitive eating abilities. So some examples of diet culture influences in the home can include things like uh, chronic dieting by parents or older siblings and your kids kind of seeing you go through that cycle. Um, comments about weight loss, being skinny or being fat from family, friends, even teachers. Commercials, social media, internet ads, Idea, like things for weight loss shakes or teas or like watching celebrities engage in this kind of behavior. So you get the picture. But intuitive eating when embraced by the family is an incredible thing and it really helps you set up your kiddo for having a healthy relationship with food as they grow into an independent teenager and adult. So before I give you your homework for this video, um, I want to really quick talk about body composition changes. So you might be watching this video and thinking like, okay, I wanna help my kid have a healthy relationship with food, but a body composition change is something that I'm interested in for myself. So is it possible to fully pursue intuitive eating while also pursuing weight loss? No, because at its core, originally intuitive eating is not a concept that vibes with weight loss because it's the acceptance of one's body the way it was designed to be while not restricting um, food or having rules around food. And in order to have intentional weight loss, you have to now have, have to have rules around food. So it just doesn't mesh with intuitive eating. But it is certainly possible to pursue body composition changes for adults while also having a healthy relationship with food. So here I'm talking directly to parents. I am not talking about parents intending to pursue weight loss or body composition changes with their kids. That is not something I recommend. Um, and if that's something that is still at the forefront of your mind, I encourage you to reach out with a dietitian. So many professionals and accounts, they'll have a very black and white view of weight loss and having goals related to changing muscle mass. So I wanna clear this up for you. Body composition changes in and of themselves are not unethical, but I encourage you to prioritize your relationship with food before pursuing any physique changes because doing this um, or not doing this, so avoiding prioritizing your relationship with food and then pursuing weight loss, that can have really severe mental and physical health consequences and those can trickle down to our kids. And teaching our kids about these physique changes while they're still shaping their relationship with food, their views of beauty standards and body composition or body confidence can also have really severe consequences. So if you're pursuing body composition changes or weight loss, I really encourage you to kind of separate that from the way you're approaching food with your kids because our kids are just in such a delicate state that they may not quite understand the behind the scenes work that you're doing to preserve your relationship with food before you pursue that. So 
Can you raise intuitive eaters while also pursuing changes in body composition? Yes, you can if you model flexibility, healthy relationship with food, the acceptance, love, and respect for all bodies of all shapes and sizes. But I just really encourage you here to use caution because this is really delicate and I encourage you not to go down this road unless you have unless you are absolutely sure that you have a great relationship with food. So can you now, the flip side of the coin, can you struggle or can you raise intuitive eaters if you struggle with disordered eating habits or even if you have an eating disorder? So my answer to this is yes, you absolutely can. While it certainly can be more challenging for you than someone who doesn't struggle with this, I want you to know that it is possible. Continue to work on yourself, show yourself some grace, do your very best to be open to your child's eating styles and tastes and serve them a variety of foods even if you struggle with eating those foods yourself. Avoid attempting to manage your child's weight and work with a dietitian if you feel concerned about their growth. Enjoy foods with your kid as much as possible. So that's my answer to that question. So if you have, or I do have some homework for you. This is, we're gonna wrap up this video here. So think through all the diet culture influences in your household. Anything with a big focus on weight loss in your house, um, and then ditch what you can. Put the scale away, um, if, especially if it's in a prominent place. Any social media accounts that you follow, or even if your young kids have a social media, um, monitor the accounts that they follow and get rid of the ones that focus on weight loss. Does grandma and grandpa talk a lot about weight loss or body size or skinny and fat? We're gonna need to address that. Even your child's homework can have diet culture influences like math problems about BMI or comparing you know, skinny and fat bodies. So if you're in a two-parent household or if grandparents or loved adults live with you, sit down with them and talk through the importance of minimizing and eliminating diety or diet culture references around the house. So that's it for our video on intuitive eating and I will see you in the next one. Now that we've talked about intuitive eating and we've kind of introduced that concept, um, I'm going to talk about responsive feeding. So intuitive eating is the ability that we want to preserve in our kids and we want to raise our adults to or our kids to become adults who are intuitive eaters. And responsive feeding is the parenting practice around food that we're gonna be implementing in this course. So you may have heard of the division of responsibility, so that's gonna be part of this video too. So this is the second video, or this is the second of two videos, um, introducing very important concepts that we're gonna be talking a lot. Um, again, just like the last one, this video is mostly informational, but it's really important to understand this concept before we move on to more activities to try with your kids. So just like intuitive eating, the division of responsibility in feeding is a really renowned concept within the umbrella of responsive feeding. And I have to acknowledge the creator of the division of responsibility here, Ellen Satter. She's a dietitian who created a specific method for approaching child feeding called the division of responsibility. But the idea of responsive feeding is not exclusive to the division of responsibility or Ellen Satter. And while the method of responsive feeding is not new, it only really started to appear in the medical literature in the mid 90s. So responsive feeding 
is the idea that you as the parent set flexible boundaries around food and guide your child towards healthy eating habits while responding in a predictable and appropriate way to their cues and needs. So you may have heard of responsive parenting. So this is kind of along the same way, um, but just applied to feeding and food. So now that we know about what responsive feeding and that, that's kind of like our big umbrella term here, part of that is the division of responsibility. It's a big part and it's an important thing that you need to know about because we're gonna talk a lot about it in this course. You may see me talk about it on my Instagram account and if you follow any other dietitians or feeding specialists, you probably also see them talk about this too. So what is the division of responsibility? So this is a phrase, you provide, child decides. So when we talk about any activity around feeding or food, we apply this phrase. So this means that it's your responsibility as the parent or guardian or loved adult to decide what's being served, where it's being served, and when it's being served. And then it's your child's job to decide if they're going to eat and how much of that food they want to eat. So the purpose of the division of responsibility is to literally divide the responsibility of meal times between parent and child. This allows for pretty much any meal time or food activity to be delegated to either the child or parent. So the division of responsibility does also apply to teenagers too. We're just going to give them a little bit more freedom as they get older and as they have shown the ability to demonstrate a healthy relationship with food within these boundaries as they age. So although you might ask your teenager to like go to the grocery store, because they're still a minor, it's still ultimately your job to provide your child with the food. But as they get older, they can have more responsibility around mealtime, again, once they show that they have earned it. So like, for example, a child who is sneaking food. Um, so remember, it's your job to provide the food, decide when and where that will be. If your child's sneaking food from the pantry, they're not adhering to those boundaries and they haven't demonstrated that they have earned more freedom around food. So there isn't like an age where I give more independence around food. It's more of a ability or responsibility that they demonstrate. So let's think of some examples here. We're going to pick some aspects of mealtime and see how they fit into the division of responsibility. And before we do examples, actually real quick, I want to say that this applies from infancy, from the moment we start giving our kids solids. So let's talk about choosing meals. So if it's the parent's job to provide the food, then they have the ultimate say as to what is served at the meal. It's certainly possible and encouraged for parents to take your child's you know, likes and dislikes into account, but ultimately under the, the division of responsibility, it's the parent's choice as to what they want to serve at dinner. It's the ultimate decision lies with the parent child can request, you can take a child's request into account, but it's ultimately important for you as the parent to decide and to not cater to your child's requests all the time. So another example, if you take your kid to the grocery store and you ask them to pick up or pick something out for dinner, you might ask them to pick a meat, a veggie and a dessert. So you're still giving them boundaries, but you're encouraging them to take more responsibility. So another example here, actually eating the food. So no matter how much you would like to, as a parent, you just can't eat your kids' vegetables for them. Um, and short of like spoon feeding a baby, you can't really force any child to eat vegetables. 
Um, and you know, obviously that is not recommended. <laughs> so instead of making it a power struggle, the division of responsibility leads this 100% to the child. So if we stick to the division of responsibility, the power struggles will significantly decrease at meal times. So this like, looks like you choosing what's served, when it's served, where it's served, and allowing your child to completely control to choose the amount that they're going to eat um, and what on the plate they are going to eat. So things like bribing your child to try a new food or like not letting them get up from the table until their vegetables are done or making sure they tried just one bite of each food on the plate because you're so sure that they would just like it if they just tried it. Those are all rules that disrupt the division of responsibility that you're setting at mealtimes. And the problem with that is we want our kids to learn to trust their body and listen to their body's cues. And so when we give them these boundaries at mealtimes, we're telling them, listen to your body. I trust you to listen to your body within the bounds that I have set for you. And when we like take responsibility from their bucket, we're telling them actually within the boundaries that I have set for you, I still don't trust you to listen to your body. So we're teaching them that their bodies are not trustworthy, their cues are not trustworthy, and we are teaching them not to listen to their body's own cues by taking from that responsibility bucket that is supposed to be theirs. So that's, you know, part of the why behind why we implement this division of responsibility. And that links back to intuitive eating because we want to raise them to be intuitive eaters to listen to their body cues. But if they don't trust them, they're not going to be able to listen to them. So that's kind of how we set them up for success with intuitive eating with this division of responsibility. So now that we have a basic understanding of the division of responsibility, I want to clarify some expectations with this. Implementing the division of responsibility in a household is not intended to be a quick fix. In theory, you could sit down and listen to all the videos from this course in one day. And if you implement the division of responsibility tomorrow, you're not immediately going to see your kids eating vegetables. This is a you know, long process, depending on the family. If you've implemented this from the beginning, it's going to be a lot easier. If you have to backtrack on a lot of things that have been already implemented um, and you see power struggles, you see an unhealthy relationship with food, um, you may be in it for the long haul, but with consistency, this will work and it will be helpful assuming we have all underlying medical issues resolved. Um, so implementing the division of responsibility can sometimes result in less vegetables eaten right away. So if this is you, don't panic. The tools that we're going to discuss um, in this course, as well as our next course related to increasing variety or helping picky eaters, those are going to help your kids eat more vegetables. But these foundations are critical before we move on to that. So the division of responsibility just doesn't equal vegetables alone. The purpose is to set our kids up for long-term independence and in healthy um, in, in, in eating and healthy food choices. So it takes lots of modeling, serving vegetables frequently, um, serving like a variety of foods frequently to get like the frequent exposure, which we'll talk about later, and just generally a low pressure environment and a positive environment around food. So don't expect to implement the division of responsibility tomorrow and you see an immediate change, but do expect to implement the division of responsibility and see your kiddos develop into adventurous eaters who start to enjoy food, who willingly try food, who have a healthy relationship with food, who are set up for success with eating as they transition to their teenage years and young adulthood. And 
do expect me to ask you and the other adults in the household to model these practices yourself and enjoy these foods that you want your kids to enjoy. So if you want your kid to have a variety of vegetables and other nutrient-dense foods in your diet, and you want them to enjoy it so that they learn to enjoy it into adulthood, that's something you're gonna need to work on too. So if you are a picky eater or your partner is a picky eater, work on these concepts alongside your kids because they work for adults too, not just for kids. You know, we do some like food play later in the next course, and if you're not into painting with vegetables, like maybe that's not gonna be the best thing for you, but these underlying concepts of intuitive eating, division of responsibility, frequent exposures, those all apply to all ages too. So in summary, homework for this video, um, the division of responsibility is you provide, child decides. So think through your mealtime activities in the flow. Um, point out the things that fall under your child's responsibility or fall in your child's responsibility buckets and the things that fall in your responsibility buckets and keep those buckets separate. Confidently hand your kids' buckets to them and do not dip into those buckets and do not let them dip into yours. So for example, choosing what meals to serve, when they're served, how they're served, either at the table or in front of the TV, like that is mom and dad's job. Choosing what to taste, what to touch, what to try, what to eat, what to ask more of, that's all your child's job. So at your next meal time, think through anything that could be do you could be doing to interrupt the division of responsibility. Are you asking your child to try new vegetables? Are you hiding vegetables? Because if they're hidden, your child can't consciously make the decision to try them. Are you punishing your child for not trying something? Are you pressuring them to trying something? All of these take away from your child's responsibility bucket and send the message, I don't trust you to eat well within the boundaries that mom and dad have set or mom and mom or dad and dad, whatever your household looks like. So think through anything that you're doing that is supporting the division of responsibility in your household. Are you letting a child be finished with dinner even though your plate still has food on it? Are you serving your child a variety of fruits and vegetables? Are you taking a class to learn more about how you can help your kid with a have a healthy relationship with food? That's a for sure yes if you're watching this video. So you love your kids. I know you love your kids. You are showing up for them. You are taking the initiative to set them up for eating success for life. Take what you're doing, build upon that. There's always room for improvement. There's always room to learn and you're here. So obviously you know that you're watching this, you're ready to go. I'm excited to see all of your feeding wins and that's it for this video. So I will see you in the next one. Love that the course is on the podcast. Please take a moment to leave a review of the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. These are so helpful and I read each and every one of them. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the content and want to hear more like it, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget to follow along on Instagram and YouTube at Growing Intuitive Eaters for more free courses and content related to healthy relationships with food, picky eating, and all things nutrition for kids. Happy feeding!